0: Welcome back to the NBA Holes podcast. I am Jules Onby, and I am here for the Pardon the Interruption Weekly Edition with my favorite guest, Inti Salinas. Inti, how are you, pizza boy?
1: Uh, I'm doing well, man. I mean, it's, I'm going to be doing better after the pizza, but I'm doing <laughs> well right now. All right. Well, we already talked about this, but I'll cut it out. But
0: uh, for, all the, for all the listeners, definitely streaming this on Spotify. Inti ordered a pizza, so we had to start early. Got, <laughs> he, got too, he got too excited about his pizza. Yeah. But we have big news in the NBA, even bigger news than Inti's pizza. Yep. Giannis, yesterday afternoon, signed the Supermax extension. Five years, $228 million, 15% trade kicker, player option on the, on the fifth year, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think? What's your initial reaction?
1: Well, I kind of expected it. You could kind of tell that Yanis isn't the the generic superstar that's kind of just like – he's not influenced by North American social Culture, media. Culture, right? Yeah, overall. Like, you kind of tell. Like, even like two days before, he was like in a McDonald's with someone just chilling, just talking about life, talking mm-hmm. about real estate. You know, it's like it's, – you could tell he's, he's, his DNA is a little different, and I kind of expect him to re-sign. Or resign. We'll sign the max, and then it's just like he's still a possibility that he gets traded down the line if he like demands a trade. But yeah, I think it's a good thing for the Bucks for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, it's good for the Bucks. <laughs> I think it's good for the league also yeah. to have to not have every superstar leave the small market every time. I think this gives this gives the Hornets hope if if or <laughs> whatever <laughs> you know what I mean. This gives all the small market teams hope that. You can groom a guy, he can become a superstar, and you can actually keep him. And that's what the whole point of the Supermax yeah.
1: was. Yeah. But I feel like nowadays that small markets aren't what they used to be due to social media and stuff. Because if you're good, if you're amazing, you're going to get the exposure. You know, there's yeah. Mood Pass, there's a bunch of different outlets, there's all the social media. Instagram, class. right? Of course. And yeah. It's like, it's not like back in the day, like when it was like Sacramento or Milwaukee were good you had no idea because they were on TV once or twice a year and there was no social media to be like, Oh, Hey, like you gotta go on NBA.com to see the results. You know, it's like, it's like the same thing. Like Yanis is a worldwide superstar in Milwaukee and, and for small market teams, I think that helps. And it's also like if you're a millionaire in any city, regardless of what it is, like life is good. Yeah. Even in in Milwaukee, yeah anywhere man anywhere <laughs> if you're if you're a millionaire you have the best restaurants the best food everything's like everything's good you know like the best pizza like the life is Best good. pizza when you're a millionaire like i don't feel because you live in a mansion you're kind of secluded regardless you know like if you're in la or milwaukee you're not just walking around you know
0: yeah Giannis was gonna get his money anywhere and mm-hmm. I don't, he doesn't seem to be – I think you're right. He doesn't seem to be the type of guy that needs to play in L.A. or in New York or in Miami or whatever. Mm-hmm. One thing that is really crazy to me is that this Supermax contract, if he does the whole five years, ends and he's 31, and he'll be in line to get another even bigger Supermax contract. So he could make $600 million off NBA salary alone in his career.
1: Yeah. No, it's – I mean, I don't even know what the salary is going to be in five years. Like, it literally might be four hundred million. million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be it might be sixty seventy million a year. It's not going to be that.
0: <laughs>
1: it might it's sixty
0: be. seventy million a year?
1: No way. Well, right now it's forty five.
0: Yeah, that it's forty five in twenty four twenty five. So if it's sixty, if we go at that rate, it'll be sixty seventy in like thirty seven thirty eight. Twenty thirty seven, twenty thirty eight. But anyways, let's ask the more important question: Do you think the Bucks are going to win a title with what they have now?
1: They're still missing one piece. They need that, like a better Chris Middleton. Yeah, like they just need a better Chris Middleton, and then I'm pretty sure they'll they'll get over the hump at least once during those five years.
0: The problem is they have pretty much no resources to get a better Chris Middleton. They have yeah. their best thing that they can trade is Chris Middleton, but you can't trade Chris Middleton for a better Chris Middleton. You have to throw on something else, right? So yeah. let me show you. These are what their assets are: Dante Divincenzo. He's mm-hmm. all right. He can mm-hmm. develop. He can, He knows how to play. He didn't shoot very well last year, but he's athletic and he's smart. They have their first round pick in 2021, in 2023, and then 2024 and 2026. They're gonna be like swaps. But all these picks are going to be late first-round picks. And the problem for them that they're going to run into is they can't really use them in season because they're in a situation with the Stepien rule where you can't actually make the trade of the pick because you can't not have a pick two years in a row, right? So they can only trade the pick at the draft. So I think this kind of leaves them... I mean, of course, the Bucs are going to re-sign Giannis. I think for Giannis, this leaves him in a situation where... His next three, four years are him, Middleton, and Holiday, and I'm just—I'm not sure that that's a big enough, a good enough big three.
1: Well, do you think there's any way they could set up a package for Bradley Beal? No,
0: they—I mean, they have nothing to give. They would—it would have to be Middleton, DiVincenzo, and they can't—they can't even—they can't do the thing where you package together a bunch of picks because they already owe New Orleans a bunch of picks. So they could only mm-hmm. do it in the draft, and the best package they could give them is Middleton, DiVincenzo, and one first-round pick. They can't even trade their 2028 first-round pick.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday would be too much?
0: Um, I mean, I just don't think it would work. It I wouldn't work on the cap. And
1: Let's say Bradley Beal and someone else with a decent salary that matches Holiday's salary.
0: No, I mean, there's, there's no point even going down this road because there's no way it would happen, really. Like Chris Middleton is 29, Bradley Beal is 26, Holiday is 30, 31. So there's no, yeah, Holiday's is 30. There's, it's just a trade that would never happen. Mm-hmm. Like, what is Washington getting out of this?
1: Yeah, no, I'm saying more in the sense that Bradley Beal demands a trade, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, even then, I just, I would not see that happening at all because they're not getting enough. It doesn't. It gives Washington nothing. Usually, when you're in a situation where you're trading away a Bradley Beal and all NBA player, you're asking for a good young player and then a whole bunch of picks, right? Mm-hmm. This is even if they got Middleton no and Holiday, mm-hmm. they would be taking a tiny step forward, maybe, but for but yeah. no actual gain in the
1: future. Because then, at this point, is just they're just banking on player development. And hoping that Dante becomes something that hoping that Bobby Portis can live up to his potential. Yeah. Hoping that these players develop, right? Like they got Brian Forbes is a nice piece. That Pat yeah, Conson that right. could develop into like a nice 3 and D player. They have some decent players that like if they just were able to develop into more con- like kind of like what the Spurs do and they just develop consistent role players and then Yanis has to become more of a finisher. More yeah. of a, like at, at the end of games, you know, and be more reliable. Like I watched his his shooting form looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. You can the see that. He throw cha- looks good, eh? Yeah, he changed his free throw routine, and he could ch- and also like his release point, and he also his mid range game looks pretty good. Like I watched a couple games, and it looks much smoother. I mean, he if he's able to just be confident with it and be consistent, I think that he could maybe push him over the hump once, but like. I would say their chances of winning championship in the next five years is really, really, really low. But they might yeah. get one. They might get one on just a year where everything just syncs up. They get a, a couple of good bounces here and there, and then maybe an injury here or there. Kind of like to the Warriors' 2015 championship, you know, where they yeah. kind of just got or the through, you the know? Raptors' championship, right? <laughs> the Raptors' as everything well. yeah, kind of yeah.
0: everything just kind of happened perfectly yeah. for them to end up winning. I agree with I you. Think- I agree with you.
1: Like the Raptors think... could have lost in the second round, and you know, and that would have been just another Raptors season. And it's just like you said, a couple bounces, couple injuries here and there, and yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they're definitely that...
0: setting themselves up to contend. They're going to be yeah. at the top of the East for the next three, four, five years.
1: Yeah. What's good for Yanis' reputation is that let's say he plays out these five years with the Bucks and they don't win at thirty-one, he'll be in his prime still. And no one would hate on him for leaving. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, kind I of agree. like when KG left Minnesota. It's kind yeah. of like, okay, you've been here for 13 years. You tried your best. Get get out of here. Go win a championship, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think yeah, he's in I a think- win-win
1: situation. He's going to make his $500 million and then get a ring at the end of his career regardless.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not a guarantee that anyone wins a ring, right? But yeah. definitely – I think it's going to be hard for the Bucks, and I think you're right. The biggest, the biggest thing that they have Giannis develop that mid range closer game, because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that right now, and it's obvious that you can't win in the playoffs just by putting your shoulder through a guy's chest and dunking. Exactly. It's <laughs> exactly. not going yeah. to work. We've tried it. It's not working.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that that mid range game will help. A, a, a better post game would help as well. Because um, mm-hmm. even that he lacks a lot of moves. Like it's not like he, he's not like a, a Jokic or even like a Paul Millsap or anything where you give him the ball and they kind of work their way down low. Like he just muscles through everything. Yeah. Any but,
0: honestly, any shot creation that's not a dunk, right? That's not yeah, a exactly. power move. Something that he can get when the rim is when they build the wall. When they build the yeah, wall exactly. and can't break through the wall, that. But anyways, yeah. let's move on to the other big extension that happened last week, Paul George. Paul, Paul. George got <laughs> Paul got four years, $190 million, added to his contract. So now he's at mm-hmm. five years, 226. And man, he has a player option on his last year that if he opts in, he'll be 36 at the start of the season, making $48.8 million. At
1: 36 oh, years old? At 36 years old. My lord, that's yeah. a terrible contract. That's a ter- he's he's a fantastically talented player, but there's clearly something lacking in his mental aspect or mental approach to the game because his breakdown in this year's playoffs were really concerning. Like just concerning. Yeah. To, like it was just like a mental breakdown. And then he was talking about depression, and then he was talking about it was just a bunch of things, you know. Uh, I, I think the Clippers did a Clippers move and and wasted a lot of money right now.
0: I think you had to give it to him, though, because you don't give him this extension
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: he leaves next year in the offseason. You traded mm-hmm. all those picks for him and Kawhi, and you mm-hmm. end up with just Kawhi and no way to replace him. So, well, what, In
1: that case, I would have been Paul George for Bradley Beal.
0: Yeah, but they're not taking those trades. The Wizards are not accepting Paul George for Bradley Beal is the exact same situation, right? If you're trading Bradley Beal, you
1: want a young, up and coming player and a whole bunch of picks. Sure. But I'm saying that in the sense that if you think Paul George will leave, if you don't give him a, a max extension, Miles will just trade him, no? Don't you think that would be a better option than giving him 48 million when he's not going to be good in three years? I
0: don't think, I mean, first of all, I don't think that he's going to age so poorly. He's, got, he's a big body, he's long, he's, he's really, really skilled, and he's not just a pure athlete, you know? And he shoots yeah. 38% from three for his career. He's a smart defender. Like, he's not when he's 36 and making $50 million, <laughs> he's not going to be a top 20 player in the league, but I don't think he's going to be completely useless like a, like a Russ might be or somebody, John
1: Wall, you know? Well, John Wall is looking good. You should apologize to John Wall for saying that he wasn't going to be the same player. But we'll wait on that. We'll wait on that. But yes, uh, that's a good point. I just on my end, I just I really don't believe in him as a as a superstar player. I really don't. I just don't think that he has the the mental makeup to be that. You know, his Indiana years, he showed some promise. Uh, but that team was full of really tough guys. And then with our OKC, same thing. Like Russ was tough. Steven Adams was tough. Uh, Andre Roberson was tough. And he just had to be that skilled player. But then he got to Clippers and his toughness just wasn't there.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a bad playoffs. And he's had bad playoffs. But, I mean, the bubble was a a weird situation. And there's a lot of memes. But also, you know, it was a weird situation. And he could have been having a bad time. And he just had a bad
1: playoffs. I'm sure. But. There's times where like, let's say your shot's a little off, but everyone in every NBA player said that it, the, it was easier to shoot in the bubble because of depth perception and all this stuff. Like everyone, like TJ Warden dropped 53. Like there's a reason like, like that these players are playing so well that Damian Lillard was shooting from half court. Like the 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 bubble, there's certain gyms like that I've played in where in that gym shooting is just easier. Yeah just because of the depth perception and stuff. And then there's certain gyms, like when I played at the University of Vermont, the depth perception was weird. Like I was like, everything, like the three-point line looked further, even though it was closer. Everything just looked weird. I was like, this is odd, you know? Even when I made a shot, I was like, this is weird. Like I didn't think, I didn't know where that ball was going. <laughs> but Didn't know that was going in. Yeah, I did not think it was going to go in. But, um so yeah, so I feel that, he really just broke down mentally. Had felt the pressure of the media and felt the pressure of being up three-one, and then being like that game seven was pretty, pretty pathetic. Like bad. if your shots off, I mean you're six-eight and you're athletic. Like at least get to the bucket. At least score a layup. Like that was bad. Sit- that
0: was bad for everyone on the team
1: too. It wasn't that wasn't
0: just him? That was the chemistry, the coaching, Kawhi. The whole thing
1: was a disaster that, in that game seven. That's true. But then – but do they think anything's going to change? Like, sure, they changed coaches, but the locker room's still the same. Lou Williams is still complaining, saying that he was from the era of pre uh, – what was it? Pre uh, – Load management. Yeah, like that was yesterday, you know? <laughs> Clearly no one's really, like, made up.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to figure it out. But, again, you just can't – you can't give up all those picks. And they're just – Essentially, they're stuck in this situation with Paul George where if you don't pay Paul George, there's no way for you to get a player of that caliber. So then you have Kawhi, and then if you lose Paul George, is Kawhi going to stay? And then then you've given up all these picks. At least what they've done, it'll suck in five years, but I think they were already ready to suck in five years. So for the next three, four years, they're going to have a chance every year to contend.
1: Yeah, But if they don't win, then... It was a, f- a huge failure, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. De- I mean, only one team can win every year, but this team definitely, when they were formed, came in with the expectation of they're gonna be they're gonna win at least one and maybe multiple every year. And they were a huge failure last year. We'll see what happens this year. I think. I think there's. The Lakers look better, and I think there's other teams that are on the, the Clippers' level, but we're just going to have to see how everything goes. But that brings us to another contender. What do you think of the Nets?
1: The Nets? I actually thought they looked really good. Kyrie looks super quick and super mm-hmm. shifty as usual. KD looks like his unstoppable self. I didn't even know Shamit was on the team. Shamit's one of my <laughs> favorite players, like just because he's so knocked down and he just comes in and just scores. I think they have a much better team than I, I ever anticipated. Like, Karis LeBert's, like, on borderline star. Jared Allen's a, a rim protector with DeAndre Jordan. Spencer Dinwiddie. And Joe Harris, which is, yeah, like, they have a super deep team. They have Tyler Johnson, who's always been solid from his time in Miami. Um, yeah, I mean, they have like
0: 12, 13. Like, you
1: look at this roster, they have at least 12
0: guys who can really play in the NBA and then yeah. you can call it thirteen, fourteen if you count Kyler Johnson and you count like Nicholas Claxton, who actually had moments last year.
1: They can I really know. play, man. I, lo- we'll I don't on. know who that. I don't know who Claxton is. He has really but, nice uh, hair. Okay, okay, I'll check I'll him send, out.
0: I'll send you a link right after this podcast. Yeah. But I think they just here. have.
1: I think they just have a great mix of players. Like there's some vets that, like Jeff Green, who's always a solid vet that comes in and stuff. And then they have some young players that are like up and coming. They have superstars. And let's say the real only question mark is Steve Nash. Like, is he going to be able to manage this, right? And in my opinion, yes, because he was a star himself and a round star. So he'll know how those minds work. And then we'll just have to see, is he going to be able to make any, like... You know how like Popovich and Nick Nurse and them kind of win a couple games for their teams with their decisions and stuff. Yeah. You know, like when, like when Nick Nurse went to that full court press when they were down 30 last year and just came back, like there's no one presses, no one presses in the NBA and he did that. You know, that's a win for Nick Nurse. Like even though the players did it, it was like Nick Nurse kind of took a long shot. So it's, I, are are we going to see Steve Nash be able to win those games? for these teams or making any good decisions or rotation. I mean, that's the only question mark we really have, right? Is he gonna be Jason Kidd coach, right? Or is he gonna be a Steve Kerr coach? You know? I think and I, I think I'm, there's I'm,
0: more he, questions, first of all, than, than just Steve Nash. I think Steve Nash should be good, right? He's definitely not a Jason Kidd. He doesn't have a big ego and he knows how to manage egos. But I think for this team Obviously, the biggest question is, is KD, KD? But I also, looking at this roster, man, who mm-hmm. on this team can play defense?
1: I um, mean, Karis Levert's not bad. Uh, mm. yeah, but the thing is, they have great rim protection. Right? They have great rim protection. Joe Harris has been okay for a white guy. He's all right.
0: He's, yeah, he's, he's one of the best shooters in the league, in the world. And he's like and a serviceable defender. He's good, he's fine. Yeah. But if and you're KD, talking about KD in the playoffs, was a,
1: yeah, they don't have any lockdown defender. That's the one piece nobody. That's missing. Nobody. Who's guarding nobody. LeBron? Who's guarding
0: yeah. Kawhi? Who's guarding Jason Tatum? All these guys at the highest levels of basketball. And you look at the roster, like if even if KD's back ninety ninety five percent I would expect the one thing that dips for him is his defense. And he was never a lockdown
1: Guard no, the he, was, he anyways, was a guy. He was, no, he was a good help, help defender. Yeah, I mean, Torian Prince is a decent defender. He can, he can guard some decent. Uh, yeah, but for the superstars, I really don't know. Maybe they'll do a midseason trade. For one, I think I, I think once the, I think they might realize that midseason, right? Mm-hmm. Like they might be like, oh, this is a huge piece missing. Let's 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 address it at the the trade deadline and pick something up. You know. Um, Yeah, I
0: agree with you, because actually I was looking at this roster. And first of all, Torian Prince, the idea of Torian Prince is that he's good at defense. But let me read you some numbers here. In in, uh, defensive RPM, he was mm -hmm. 73rd in power forwards last year. When he's guarding the primary ball handler in pick and roll, he's in the 18th percentile.
1: Isn't Torian Prince a small forward?
0: He's like a tweener, whatever. Okay, okay. When he's in ISO-D, he's in the 33rd percentile. When he's posted up, he's the 10th percentile. And this is the craziest one. When there's a pick and roll and he guards the roll man, he's in the 0.4th percentile for best defenders. So he's not a good defender. But hold on. this is Where I think you're right is that they are going to need to make a trade. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the team that really should look at trying to sneak in on Trevor Ariza because they have a bunch of contracts. They have all their picks. It shouldn't be that hard to make a trade with OKC for Trevor Ariza. No. You say, hey, take this take this pick. We'll protect a bunch. Give us
1: Trevor Ariza. <laughs> Why not Lugans Dort?
0: I, I don't think OKC wants to give up Lugans Dort. You think they're that enamored with him? I mean, I don't think that OKC is in a position where they're giving up young players with talent, right? Yeah. Like they might as well just collect all these guys and see what they can get out of them. Yeah, Whereas but- if they trade Trevor Reza, they can probably get a first round pick or a good second or multiple. Sec- they can get something yeah. good. And Trevor Reza is not giving them anything for more than yeah. one season. And they don't even care about the season, right? Yeah, that's true.
1: But I think there might be better options than Trevor Reza out there, but I think they would have to address it. I think they, they have nice pieces to trade. Yeah, for a, Probably even a, a better defender than Trevor Reza. You know, but at one point, maybe their offense will be so potent that that will be their defense. Like they will just wear teams out because, yeah, OK, you're like, who's going to guard LeBron? Who's going to guard Kawhi? But you have to worry about Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And then you also have a boatload of shooters around and then two lob threats with Jared Allen and
0: DeAndre and, yeah, and Jordan.
1: And, and then Spencer Dinwiddie's a, a guy that could average 25 on a bad team. You know, so it's mm-hmm. like they got some so good scores. Their offense might be so overwhelming that it might just demoralize teams, similar to what the Warriors used to do back in the day, like 2014, 2013, where it was just like you would hit a Not layup. Like they had they would hit Draymond. Dri-
0: Yeah, but they had a good defense.
1: Mr. Triple Single was – Yeah, but he's defender. one
0: of the best defenders he, of all time.
1: Yeah, but there was also great team defense. And, yeah, like there's there's Andrew Bogut as well played a role, but I'm saying like that front line where it was Steph. Clay was a good defender, but he became much much better with the years after. But they were kind of getting mowed around. But I'm saying that their offense, good offense, can become a good defense if if you push it to a point where like people just get demoralized. You know, like it's frustrating when you score two layups and they score three threes in a layup. You know, and you're like yeah. How are we? Yeah, and at the highest so levels,
0: offense is more important.
1: Yeah, at the like highest, so easy, highest level, it is. When it's when it's easy to score, and you're down eight, that's a weird feeling. <laughs> it's a really weird feeling. <laughs> like it's it's not fun to play basketball when, when you're in that environment.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think we're looking at a team that that could get out of the East if everything goes right, mm-hmm. or that could.
1: I that don't honestly. I don't. I don't
0: think they could win the finals. I really think it would be hard for them to win the finals if KD's not at 100%. Because if they make the finals and KD mm-hmm. is ninety you're still looking at – it's basically KD and Kyrie against LeBron and AD. And I think LeBron and AD are going to win that every time.
1: Mm-hmm. But the only thing is that finally they have two – Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan to at least wear down – AD a little bit, you know. They actually have yeah. a couple people that, like, it's not like other teams where AD is just feasting on Miami, you know. Like, yeah, they have they have 40, they,
0: forty-eight minutes of rim protection and rebounding and all that, which
1: is good. Yeah, like they won't be able to stop AD. No one will, but it's just you have a little bit more protection as well, right? Like AD is going to hit his shots, but I don't know it'd be a good matchup. I would love to see that. Yeah, it'll be
0: it'll be man. I hope KD is is I mean I don't think it'll be hundred percent, but I hope he's he's good because he's amazing. Yeah.
1: It's it's really fascinating to
0: watch. Alright, now I wanna ask you as as a skills development coach, mm-hmm. you saw the mellow play, right? You saw the preseason games. hmm This guy's lining up to average like six six and eight for the season on like thirty two percent shooting. What's wrong <laughs> with
1: his shot? Uh I mean how I look at a shot usually is like I usually look at like the tr- first the spin on the ball. That's my main thing. Like I want to make sure that the the spin on the ball is good. And he actually has really good rotation. His shot kind of looks like uh, like Reggie Miller's a bit. You actually have very similar form. Okay, um, so why does so one this- go in
0: and the other one never go in?
1: Well, Reggie Miller probably worked harder. You could tell that Lamelo from his high school days was a very nonchalant player right yeah so i really doubt that he got into the gym like duncan robinson and just put up reps till his arm was sore right um so my thing is either they have to change his offhand because his offhand is way too active very similar to lonzo when he first got in the league and they fixed lonzo's Lonzo's shot right yeah um but lamello is actually more advanced than lonzo in that case i think Lamelo's is going to actually have a pretty good season like, actually, I, I like how he plays. He just, he's just learning, and they're going have to change his shot, or he's going to have to make 300, 400 shots a day. I've seen a lot of people talking about his feet
0: and his landing position. Have you seen any of that?
1: Yeah, but that, I find that people overreact to that. Okay. Uh, I find that the landing, I can't really speak on. I'm not that educated on that. But the, the feet, how they're very turned um, is not the worst thing. Uh, I kind of don't mind it too much. But the landing part, I would have to educate myself on a little bit more. But I, r- I really like his ability to, to get it off easily, right? I think he was, just, he was just adjusting, you know, like to NBA life. He didn't get summer league. He didn't get all this stuff, you know? And it, his first two games are versus the Raptors, who are like, what, top three defensive team in the league? Sure. You know, it's, it's and it's tough guards. Like he has Fred Van Fleet guarding him and stuff, you know? It's not like he's just walking around people, you know? And okay. from back gave Steph Curry trouble. So, I mean, these are elite, elite defenders. I find his, his feet are fine. They're very turned, but that's fine. And it's just his offhand would have to be a little bit more relaxed. But I think he's going to be a very, very good NBA player. Yeah, I think he's going to be better than Lonzo. Okay. So if,
0: but, if you were his shooting coach, how do you get him to take his – like what's your drill that you get him to um, take his offhand off the ball? To fix well, that. a lot of
1: a lot of one-hand form shooting just to get into a rhythm, like even one-hand form shooting from the three just to get him to understand that he doesn't need his left hand. He's strong enough, you know, because what happens is he played basketball so young, he started shooting on a 10-foot hoop when he was 10. So, of course, he's going to be pushing the ball with two hands, and it just kind of became a habit, you know, mm-hmm. um, but... Yeah, I'll do that. There's a couple other drills I like to do to eliminate the offhand, which is basically, like, kind of hard to explain over just talking. But basically, you just take the ball with just three fingers, like your middle finger, your index, and your thumb. And your two other fingers, you fold them. And that way, you hold the ball like that. And it changes the position of your hand. And then it will force your offhand to be more on the side. And it won't push the ball as much. I'm
0: over here doing, like, a lot of stuff with my fingers, and I can't quite
1: figure (laughs) out. Yeah, I, I really—it's tough to explain because it's really yeah. odd. Like, yeah, I mean, same, yeah, it's if ugly. you took your pinky and your ring finger and you fold them, you bend them to like Which on, on your my palm. guide hand? No, on your shooting hand. On my shooting hand.
0: Okay, I'm doing it now. Go on.
1: Yeah, and then you would put your thumb. Your thumb would on uh, your off hand would be in between your thumb and your index, and that way you would focus on. And then you just kind of make put all your fingers together on your off hand. And you do form shooting like that.
0: (laughs) Dude, I don't don't know what you just told me to do, but I I currently have my my thumb. (laughs) I'm holding my own hands and my thumb is through my other hand. I did something wrong. Yeah, no, has gone awry basically,
1: basically basically just say you have your three fingers on your shooting hand it's all That's good the, i think we can <laughs> yeah it's gonna be impossible to explain like when i show people this in person they're confused so we'll put up a tutorial on our instagram page of, of into doing yeah, the,
0: the hands yeah. thing
1: yeah no it helps a lot but i mean i don't find that his shot needs it's not like michael gill kid Gil michael kid kid gilkrist, Gil-Krist. Yeah, I don't think it's like that, like where it's like a full like reconstruction of a shot. Like I find that it, it's an easy shot, one. It's repeatable, So, and he can do pull-ups on right and left, right? Like that's the main thing. Like Lonzo's problem was that he couldn't pull up going right. Like it was yeah. impossible. So like obviously if you can't have a shot, like you need to change your shot. So I find that he uh, he has great potential. Like his shot has – I think his shot's going to be very, very good regardless. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear.
1: Yeah. All right. That means
0: we can move on to our next topic, which is that you don't think the Jazz are going to make the playoffs?
1: Yeah, that's my – well, I mean, because I actually like the Jazz a lot. I like the coach. I like uh, how they develop players. I find that they're very Spurs-esque, which I really like, you know. But I'm just looking at the Western Conference, and I'm just like – Let's say hypothetically, like last week we spoke about how the Suns could be improved and could make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Now it's like, okay, so if they're in, someone has to be out. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, who's going to be out, right? The Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, okay. Fair. (laughs) Let's say, but let's say this, okay? I think, let's say the ones are for sure, right? Lakers, Clippers, Denver, Houston, if James Harden stays. Yeah, that one's. That one's a little right. bit more sticky than usual, but yeah, yeah, yeah. to say a few stays, right? Four, and then Portland has, I think, has a better chance than Utah. I think the Grizzlies are out. You think the Grizzlies are out?
0: Yeah, because I think okay. they overachieved last year by a pretty good amount, and I think they're due for a uh, they're due to underachieve and have people overreact. Because really, their okay. team is not that good. Jaw had a really good year, and Jaron Jackson is going to be out for the beginning of the season, so I think it's going to be tough for them. Okay.
1: So now look at this, okay? Let's just check this out. Okay, this is who I think is gonna be in the playoffs.
0: Alright, which that? Lakers,
1: Lakers, Clippers, Denver, Houston, Dallas, um, Phoenix, Portland, New Orleans. Mm. So you're on that you're on that New Orleans vibe, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, I saw Zion, and Zion, it all depends on Zion, because if he's healthy, I mean, he had 26 and 11 just chilling, like just relaxing, like he's a scary, scary person. He looks like he's in a lot better shape. Also, yeah, and the thing is that their roster is built pretty solidly. Like if Lonzo can have a decent season, Brandon Ingram can be an all-star. Steven Adams brings in some leadership and veteran presence. JJ Redick's always solid. Eric Bledsoe's solid. Jackson Hayes shows some some potential. You know, like Josh Hart could be a solid six man. I think it's like, gonna be
0: tough for them to shoot though, because if you have Eric Bledsoe, you have Zion
1: and you have Steven Adams on the court at the same time. Yeah. Well I find that at this point you'd probably have Eric Bledsoe off the bench. Have Bledsoe, have Bledsoe and like Jackson Hayes and uh that guy with three names, I forgot his name. I don't know. Canada. Oh, Nikhil uh, Alexander Walker. Yeah, him. Yeah. So if you have him with Josh Hart and stuff, I think that could be the second unit that comes out. And I think if you have Lonzo, JJ Redick, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Steven Adams, you have decent shooting. You have two monsters in the paint, and you have a point guard that pushes it as unselfish. Like, I think that you, can't, you can make a lot of noise there. Like, it's debatably better than Utah. Right? Debatably. Like, Man, you, I mean, that's the Jazz The been, Western Conference is deep.
0: Yeah, the Western Conference is very deep. But the Jazz have been like 48-52 wins every year for the past. Yeah. Feels like forever. And I agree. Mike Conley is only going to... I think Mike Conley will be better. He was good in the bubble. He was good in the bubble, yeah. finally, after being bad all year. Donovan Mitchell was ridiculous in the bubble. He's probably not going to be that level. But it showed that he has another step he can take. Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert will still be if not the best girl. defender, one of the best. I just, I have a hard time seeing the Jazz not finishing someplace between like the fourth and eighth seed.
1: That's, I mean, it's not, it's possible. That's the thing, it's so up in the air, but I'm just saying John Morant might be the best pure point guard with Chris Paul right now. Like He looked amazing in the two preseason games I saw. He's very smooth. He controls the pace. He's a good leader. He's improved the shooting. Like their overall roster is pretty weak, but I'm just saying. Like, I wouldn't their be roster shocked. Is very weak. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked
0: if you. Told I would be me, pretty that's shocked.
1: My, that's my only thing.
0: I don't know. We're gonna. I mean, we'll have to see on that one. But I understand your point. I understand your point that when we're looking at who's in and who's out, it's hard yeah. to it's hard to pick who's gonna be out because it's not gonna be yeah. Dallas, right? Yeah. It's and the Blazers Dallas. look really good.
1: Blazers look good. Minnesota yeah, I mean, might like Minnesota would like No no like, no like way Like if the if the uh, no I know but I'm saying that they could sneak <laughs> in in the 8th like I'm just saying like it's not a terrible no team No the team is not good It's not terrible terrible it's not like like I'm just saying it's really up to like let's say Phoenix uh New Orleans I put Phoenix New Orleans Memphis Utah you got kinda them like the same Portland. group? Kind of. Kind of. In that, like, any of them, if they made playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. And if they missed playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I mean. You know, no, that's mean, how deep right. the West is. Yeah, like, I, I really like the Jazz. Like, I'm actually, like, a big fan of the Jazz. Like, I love Joe Ingles. I love how uh, I like uh, Bog, bogman, Bogbon, whatever. One of those European <laughs> dudes. Uh, Bog- I love him. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. I always mix up him and the guy that went to Atlanta.
0: The Him and but... the guy whose name is Bogdan Bogdanovich.
1: <laughs> oh, they're the same name?
0: they the same last name. Hold on. Okay, I'm going to get this guy's name right, and then I'll edit it so that his name shows right. Uh, okay, that's good. I don't want him to be okay. Mad at me. Okay, <laughs> say nothing. Boyan Bogdanovich. All right. you, can sp- you can
1: speak again. Okay, <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, and then what's the other guy's name? Bogdan Bogdanovich. Okay, no relation, right? Okay. No, no. Yeah, so Utah could, I don't know, man. It's they hard. They could make it, it's just a tough, the Western Conference is so tough, man. Like, Let's say like Minnesota, right, that you think they're not great. It's not like they're Detroit. I don't even think they Chicago. have a chance
0: to play in,
1: to be honest with really? you. Really? At all? No.
0: No, I mean, I don't really want to talk much about KT because it, I, I just don't want to talk. He's been through a lot. Um, D'Angelo Russell is probably mm-hmm. the worst all-star of all time. Okay. The worst guy who's ever made an all-star team might be him. There could be a case made for, like, Tayshaun Prince. How about Roy Hibbert, bro? Did he make an all-star team? Yeah. <laughs> no way.
1: <laughs> I swear.
0: I do I'm pretty sure he made it. A two-time NBA All-Star. Oh, dear Lord. You're right. <laughs> okay, well, maybe maybe it's Roy Hibbert. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you're talking about a team that's starting Anthony Edwards. You know who their starting power forward is right now for the, Minnesota- oh, the Timberwolves?
1: Uh, no. Juan that's Hernan tough. Gomez. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. But, I mean, they're not as bad as, like, I'm saying you can't look at them as, like, Detroit. You know, Daniel well, because no. could, could still get hot and get 30 any night. Cat can be good. You know, he has his flaws. Ricky Rubio, I think, is going to help them. I think Anthony Edwards, if he's shown flashes that he could be a decent NBA player. Yeah, what I'm just really, saying, almost I, every rookie I'm playing as a
0: bad first year anyway.
1: I'm just playing devil's advocate, right? In the sense that the West has so much talent, right? There's teams in the East, like New York is not making playoffs. You know, Detroit yeah. is not making playoffs. I don't think – like,
0: is Golden State going to be – oh, my. This is going to be a crazy season, man. There's going to be so much. Yeah, that's it. There's also Golden State. Like, is Golden Thank State going to play in? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Why yeah. do you keep saying playoffs without the the? I've never heard anyone do that before. Really? Really.
1: I don't know. I feel like it's not necessary, you know? I feel like it's just an extra word, you know? It's interesting. It's interesting. You just are
0: just you're just getting straight to the point, eh? Yeah. Well,
1: you're getting <laughs> straight to
0: straight to point, if you will.
1: <laughs> yeah, never the point. I don't like the like going right there. But yeah, no, even Golden State could like I find I think Golden State's gonna be in there.
0: Yeah. No. This is we're getting nowhere in this discussion. Nate. We're just we're caught in
1: an infinite loop. But yeah, yeah the it's plan, gonna be the hard. Plan, how many, yeah. <laughs> How many play-ins uh, teams are there?
0: 9 and 10 play for a chance to be in the playoffs. 7 and 8 and 9 and 10 are all involved in the play-in.
1: Okay, okay. okay. So, I mean, yeah. So, I don't know. I forgot about Golden State. Yeah, so who knows? Who knows, man? This is going to be a crazy year. Yeah.
0: Do you want to get into the last Golden State topic? Announce what you texted about Golden State.
1: Yeah. So, I'm just going to ask you because... I was just looking at I'm like, do the Warriors have the best shooting coach? The shooting coach, his nickname is Q. I don't know his actual name. And he like player development. Because I was watching Marquise Chris, who I've never been a fan of, and he hit, I think, four he, or five threes hit. yesterday. I saw him make one of them. He didn't look good, yeah. he looked good. Like, but the form looks perfect. And I'm just like, okay, yes. Yeah, Steph Curry's amazing, Klay Thompson's amazing. We know this. But like everyone else that gets in there, like Harrison Barnes was a pretty good shooter when he was with the Warriors, and then when he left, he became an average shooter. And actually, everyone seems actually or become a better one. He became a them. better one after he left. Really? Okay. I so, went
0: deep on this topic. I've got I have a whole page
1: of notes to to rebuke you, but go on. <laughs> awesome, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I just find that everyone that comes to the Warriors become better shooters. What are the Warriors doing that other teams aren't? You know, honestly, looking at this in depth, it seems like
0: they're not really doing much that other teams aren't because really? yeah, to be honest with you, I went through Steve Kerr became their coach in the fourteen fifteen mm-hmm. 15 season. Mm-hmm. Let me read you all the guys, all the like developmental guys that have come through in that time. Mm-hmm. And you can stop me when I say someone that is like good. All right. So Harrison Barnes hmm good sure he's good james mm-hmm. michael mcadoo festus
1: azili that's 14 mm-hmm. 15 15 16 ian clark Kavon looney ian clark was really good he was he became best friends with kevin durant for his ability to score so is this about
0: shooting or is this
1: about shooting like just shooting playing yeah, i'm talking uh, well about then- just shooting
0: well then there's no we might as well scrap the whole thing because well, I did it no well, I'm, just, <laughs> well,
1: I'm talking about just shooting right now but player development as well. Like you could see like JaVel McGee learned how to play basketball with the Warriors. Like he became much better. His defensive rotations, his movement, his spacing on offense. Kevin Durant became a better defender when with the Warriors. Like, yeah, but did
0: Kevin Durant become a better defender because he just had more energy because offense was so much easier?
1: No, no, it takes it, it takes different like um, angles and stuff. And t- like his closeouts were better. Like there's probably a level of effort that sh- for sure helps when you're up 20 every game. You know? Yeah. But, but I know there's that defensive coach there, that old dude that's always on the bench. That they, they they always had great defense, and they always had good schemes, and they had good switch switch. They had re switches like and. Players' IQs would just get increased, you know. Like Javale McGee did not have this before getting there.
0: I think yeah, Javale McGee is a very good. It's a very good point. Look, you know, I'll give you in terms of guys who have actually gotten better and like are stayed in the league. Obviously, Steph. Obviously, Clay. Obviously, Draymond. Mm-hmm. Javale McGee. He got money after. Afterwards, yeah. we're act- we're not like Kevon Looney was the 30th overall pick, and mm-hmm. he now is like. Sure, maybe he'll yeah. play rotation minutes for them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, the most he's done in the season is six and five. Ian mm-hmm. Clark is 29 and he's in China. <laughs> Pat McCall, okay, bench warming on the wraps. Damian three Jones. championships. Three championships. Damian Jones, almost out of the league. He got signed. He got picked up by the Suns. I bet you he's out of the league after the season. Mm-hmm. Quinn Cook, 17, 18. Quinn Cook. Mm-hmm. Jordan Bell. Chris mm-hmm. Boucher. He's he's I would say he was more about by the raps.
1: Yeah. Alfonso McKinney
0: Damian but For Lee. me it's
1: just for me it's just that I know that if a player comes out, out of Yeah. <laughs> That's I was I was gonna cut you off. I was like, he's gonna have this whole list. <laughs> but I'm gonna say if you go to if you get drafted or signed as a free agent by the Spurs, the Warriors or the Raptors, I feel that your chances of staying in the NBA are longer, and that you will be developed better. Like I feel, those are the three best franchises for developing players and finding talent. I think the and Raptors like, are number one now. Like Raptors by are far. definitely for finding talent, one hundred percent. It's crazy and for you developing it. Yeah, did you see that rookie they have now, Malik Maliki Flynn, Maliki Malachi yeah. Flynn, Malachi? Yeah, Malachi Flynn. Yo, he is a monster. I was like, what. The hell is going
0: on? Yeah, I mean, let's not. i mean, I really don't want to overreact to like two preseason games, but he does look good. Yeah, yeah, but I think the Spurs. I think the Spurs have honestly taken a step back in the last few years. Like, who have they developed since they developed Kawhi? I mean, Kawhi was obviously the peak of their development. They took a guy who couldn't even score and made him the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. But uh, after him, I mean, they have all these young guys right now who show flashes. But mm-hmm.
1: DeJounte Murray's all right.
0: Well, he was been um, injured,
1: right? Derek White is teams. who I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Derek White has developed a lot. But even the guy that went to the Bucks, Forbes, he yeah, I mean, developed he's okay. really well. But he was a guy that was not even drafted, I believe. And he, he developed into something very nice.
0: Yeah. I mean, going back to my list, Jacob Evans, <laughs> 28th pick, two years ago, he's out of the league. I can go all day. I honestly, I mean, I know that they all they the problem for them is they can't get high picks, so they have all these late firsts, whatever. But the the Lakers are doing a better job with late firsts than the Warriors are. All these guys are out of the league or on like minimum contracts. The Lakers like who's gonna get paid, man. Josh Hart is gonna get paid. Freaking, maybe Taylor Horton Tucker might be good. I don't know. I'm not impressed. Looking back through this, I am not impressed by the Warriors' player development system to the
1: point where I would say it might be subpar. Really? Yeah. Because well, for me, it's that they're also developing vets. Like they plug in vets, like Zaza Pachulia. You yeah, know, but he like was good his in... whole career. At this point, I was just I was just asking the question just because of Marquis Chris. Right? I always thought he would be out of the league really, really quick just because of his attitude. And then now I'm seeing him just flourish into like, he, he like, he's gonna play yeah, no, like no, decent I think he's minutes. Good.
0: I think he's gonna be good this year.
1: Marquise Chris, I
0: think you're right. I think he came in looking really really bad, and last year he had a pretty solid year. And I think this year he's probably a going to start for them. A lot of these guys are out of the league. Like Jordan Bell's the out of the league,
1: but it's just because. Sure, let's say about that. Um, I was just gonna say that. Oh, what was my point? I had a point about the fact that <laughs> when vets go there, they learn to play basketball. They get better. They just learn how to play basketball. They know how to utilize talent, like minimal talent around their stars, much better than most other teams. I think the Lakers do a good job. Well, I think LeBron does a good job with that. And I think the yeah. Raptors do a good job of that. And I think the Bucks are doing a great job of it. But I find that if I was a player and I was a fringe NBA player, that would be an organization. Like if let's say Detroit offered me two years, 10 million and like the rappers offer me like two years, 4 million, I'm taking the Raptor contract. Oh man, just I'm just taking after,
0: that 10 million dollars.
1: <laughs> Cause I'm saying like after those two years, I know that I'll develop and I'll probably get a bigger contract. And if I go to Detroit, I'll get my 10 million, but that was the last time I'm playing basketball.
0: That speaks to your confidence versus my confidence. Cause I am taking that extra $6 million and we are putting <laughs> that away. And I'm living off that forever, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're living in Detroit, bro. That's depressing.
0: Not only for two years. And then I've got my 10 mil and I'm and I'm out somewhere else. All right. All right. I'll let you get to your pizza, my man. Thank you, sir. It has been another good episode of the NBA Holes. Thank you, Inti, for your presence. Thank you to everyone who's stuck around. All right. Everybody take care. Thank you, Inti. Oh,
1: thank you.